Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 274 and it's just me and Mike this evening. Hello everybody, Alan's back. Indeed. Yes, insert sound of applause. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well I did say I'll be back. And actually that looks interesting. What's that? Genesis. Oh, with what's the name from Game of Thrones? Even Arnie realises he's taking the best out of himself at this point. I haven't seen the trailer for it. Did you actually introduce the episode we're going to be watching? I did not. Me neither. Might be a good idea. Right. Then I can put it in at the front. <laughs> so it sounds like we know what we're doing after four or five years. See, this episode is Doppelgangers, season four, episode four. Yep, should be a good one. There are clowns. Ooh, chlorophobia. Oh, is that what it's called? Yep, see, I'm one useful information me. If only any of it was relevant to my bloody thesis. Well, they are. You've got to pick the thesis to reflect your interest, not what you actually want to do for a living. What I want to do for a living is stand in front of a room full of students and bore them and get paid well for it. Is it just me or does the disc itself? I'm looking at episode menu and resume episode, and that font looks out of focus. I don't know. I don't watch the Atlantis DVDs. You've already ripped it. No, I've watched the Blu-rays. Ah, right. Do you find, like me, one of the major boosts when it goes onto Blu-ray is the quality of the audio? The sound comes through really crisply. I really noticed that with Supernatural. Uh, it depends if the Blu-ray's got a enhanced audio track, if it's still the same 5.1 or with digital miss. Nothing's changed. For some reason, it opens this Atlantis disc on the special features menu. Okay. You know what? This isn't necessary. Why isn't? Well, I don't have to faff about in a mouseless environment. The only thing I actually need the PC for is to talk to you. I can just bung the bloody disc in the DVD player. It's easier. The iTrust mouse. I'm super impressed with the battery that came with it. I haven't charged it since I moved here. And the mouse has pretty much died, and my efforts to get the battery out have killed it completely. Well done. Any idea how difficult it is to operate Windows entirely without a mouse? No, because when I got a wireless mouse, I kept the wired one, just in case. Actually, about an hour and a half ago, I was standing up on a chair, rummaging in the cupboard above the fridge where I keep most of the spare technology, looking for batteries. It was at that point that the UPS package I've been waiting for since 12 arrived. And of course, my doorbell never rings. <laughs> So ding, I'm like, what? Bang, out. Oh, I saw a trailer for The Martian. Yeah, yeah. They've given them a bloody family. Did they? Yeah. You see them reaching towards, uh, at one point in the trailer, I saw the three-minute trailer, at one point in the trailer, you see them reaching towards a picture of a girl and a little kid. I never noticed that. I did. So they've thrown out probably half the book to fit into a two-hour movie, and they've added a family. Apparently, Dad Pathos. So his mum and dad sitting at home worrying isn't good enough. It would seem not. I've got a big concern, simply because, how much of the book are they going to lose? And I know Andy Weir says he approves of the uh, screenplay, mm -hmm. but Andy Weir is getting paid a lot of money to approve of the screenplay. Yeah, I approve <laughs> of the screenplay. Uh, let's just say it moved me to a bigger house. <laughs> I watched a documentary about E.T. and Atari. Oh. And there's a clip of Steven Spielberg saying, oh yeah, I've seen the game, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but then he did say, well, I am biased, but it's great. <laughs> Ah, uh, didn't they recently on Earth landfill? Yeah, that's what the documentary were about. Yeah. You've seen King of Kong? No. King of Kong is worth watching. 
it is scary. It is an entire subculture that I never knew existed. To the extent there is a guy who basically, there are people who review these things. There is bribing of the referees. There is a guy who spun it into an industry. He has his own barbecue sauce and everything. What exactly is it about? It is about achieving high scores or end screens on classic video games like Donkey Kong. Oh, right. I think it's on Netflix. And it, I know you don't have Netflix, sorry. It is fascinating and scary and thinking, oh my God, I thought I was obsessed, but holy shit. <laughs> well, again, you never know what really drives people. Yeah, gaga. <laughs> Did you see that photo I tweeted the other night? Uh, probably not. I might have posted it on Facebook instead of tweeting. I was walking home, I think. It was like about half ten, quarter to eleven, and it looked like the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. You know, and I'm just thinking, eesh. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. We're the hosts of Because We're Dangerous, a podcast discussing sci-fi and space channels' new series, Dark Matter. At the beginning of the series, six strangers awake to find themselves adrift in space with no memory of who they are or how they came to be there. We discuss the episodes as they air, exploring the story arcs, characters, themes, and more. Find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and at AskGenreTV.com. Subscribe so that you won't miss any episodes in the event of a space coma. Have you looked at Dark Matter yet? Yeah. Where do I know the black dude from? Roger Cross. Yeah. Uh, everything. Really? <laughs> Continuum. Ah, yes. Stargate. No, Continuum. It's Continuum. When in Stargate? What was he in Stargate? He was uh, a Special Forces Marine. Right. I think he had two roles in Stargate. What? He was in The Returned as well. I even tweeted him and just hashtag, just add Roger. And he replied, ta-da. <laughs> Anything in Canada, he and Roger Cross will be in it. I thought Amanda was involved in that. Uh, she directs an episode. So she didn't... No, she doesn't feature. David Hewlett appears in a bit. Oh. I like the fact that they do sort of discover who they are. I suspected they were criminals pretty much from the get-go. Now, maybe it's something I'd read, but... Well, <laughs> having read the graphic novel... <laughs> well, no, I haven't. I have. I've got it. That's probably a rarity with us. Although, a lot has been changed, obviously. Whether or not the plot works out the same, who knows. But they've changed the characters a bit. And I know they didn't have a file on the kid. Yeah, she was. Joe Dell is probably going to be playing teenagers for a long time. Because she's small? She just looks young, doesn't she, really? Yeah, until she hits 40 and everything starts to sag. <laughs> what is she, like 27 or something ridiculous? She's been around a while. You know, it seems like she has been. Mm. Although, acting when she was a kid, it does think, oh, 10 years have gone by, or you're only 18. Yeah, I remember when Christina Ritchie turned 18. And that were 20 years ago. If you had funny feelings when she was Wednesday, that was wrong. But when she was with Samuel L. Jackson, that was right. <laughs> right then, as usual, Region 2 DVD, quite literally. Alan is watching the DVD. I'm watching uh, a rip of my DVD which I only ever watch for this podcast, because I normally watch the Blu-rays. Yes, quite. Okay, let's go with the classic. Just to confirm, mm. runtime, 41.43? I have no idea. This DVD player doesn't tell me. You could have just said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have known the difference. I realise that, but I'm fundamentally honest. Okay. Ever three, ever doe, ever hain, clicky. Right then, a red flower that got... Mercilessly hacked down by Ronan. 
Mm. It's what we do. You know what I meant. Now, this doesn't look like Vancouver. No. For the first time, it does not look like Canada. It looks like a studio shot. It is a studio shot. Uh, usually you're the one complaining. Yes, this enthusiasm is most unlike you, Rodney. I'm turning over a new leaf. It's a very small set. It's got one path leading through it, and they used different lighting effects, so it made it look like dozens of different locations. Mm. But they're basically walking through the same woods and the same trees all the time. I can't pinpoint the source. The jungle's pretty thick, though. It could be hiding just about anything. It's good that they're having an interesting debate, especially after the last episode where mm. John and Rodney were still getting over the little spat. Yeah. If he did, he's going to be sorry. Do you have any idea how many gate addresses there are in the ancient database that have no accompanying description? 42. <laughs> 42? I wonder if that's an Adamsian nod. I'm sure it is. I say that has to mean something. Maybe it means there's nothing worth writing about on this planet. Or there is, but the ancients are trying to hide it. This was actually the first episode produced for the fourth season. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Robert C. Cooper was working on Ark of Truth, so we had to bring this forward. What makes you say that? That looks Ooh. like a Ooh, uh, He's adding up. Come on, John. That's it. John's up there. Mm-hmm. I'm calling this one. Everyone back to the jumper. Oh, come on. Basil McKay, you lost this one. Oh, hello? What's that then, huh? <laughs> it's a crystal. Don't approach the alien life form. Which is glowing. Look, looks like some kind of uh, natural crystalline growth. I think this might be what's causing the energy readings. Pretty. Ooh. Looks like, like one of those toys you play with when you're a kid. Oh, nice little reverb. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A kaleidoscope. You realize what this means? We discovered an alien fungus that grows. How about a power source that literally grows on trees? Enthusiasm, John, please. I'm not sure it's power source. It's giving off energy, and let me say exactly, it might be drawing the energy from the uh, tree. I really wouldn't do that. Whoa! Now, what does that remind everyone of? Maybe cold Lazarus, but let's not worry about that. Could have been dangerous. I told you it was giving off energy. Honestly, I... I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I did warn you. Yeah. Well, you killed it. Oh, really? It's not giving off energy anymore. Well, maybe you just scared it. Well, it's not giving off energy now. You've killed it. <laughs> if I hadn't done that, I'd have shot the damn thing. Because I'm a dumb Marine. Okay, well, there's got to be more of them around here. I'm going to recommend sending a science team back. Yeah. Is that okay? Good idea. Yeah. Well, he is. <laughs> He's a one-man science team. Oh, come on, they don't have to drag him by the collar, Ronan. Let's desert a potentially significant discovery just because you guys don't want me to win a bet with Zelenka? Although perhaps you do. No, he wants to. Yeah. That's a pretty nice shot. And that's a pretty dual state. Although she's looking very sort of severe with the hair like that. Perhaps she's trying to be professional because she's only just started the job. I mean, Taylor's loosened up. Yeah. Even when she's not showing midriff, she's showing midriff. I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. It's been a long day. No, thanks for hanging out. Just wanted to be sure. I'm fine. And there we had the little effect, very little effect, as he touched the shoulder. Good night, John. What happened? I missed that. Did you miss that? Yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, it doesn't show up that much on the DVD. On the Blu-ray, it is much more obvious. Go on, you've only got so much time to do your bit. Well, actually, it's a short in this week. Right then. Doppelganger. Season 4, Episode 4 of Stargate Atlantis. Gatecast episode 274. This episode is written and directed by Robert E. Cooper. First broadcast in America, October the 19th, 2007. Canada, October the 22nd, 
the UK, October the 30th. Sweden got it January the 18th, 2008. Germany, February the 19th, 2009. Japan, October the 28th. And our friends down under, November the 12th, 2009. There were a few shows with episodes of the same name. Nowhere Man, Profiler, The Glades, NCIS, Without a Trace, Doctors, Alias and Terror Hawks. Hmm. Which has just had a new audio venture released by Big Finish. And we're back. Many, many candles. Yeah, they don't worry about fire precautions in this place. Maybe the material's flame retardant or something, I don't know, but... She's not in the credit yet, then. No, surprising that, isn't it? It does make you wonder if Stargate producers and creators don't really consider the Doctor an important position, at least cast-wise. Ooh, that's not a good wig. Mm. This must be a nightmare. Yes. <laughs> so is this a fantasy or a nightmare? Could go either way. Little from column A, little from column B. We are not hooking up. It's just dinner. I'm telling you there's something in here giving off a strange energy reading. <laughs> John, what are you doing? Colonel Carter doesn't trust you. This is her inner doubt. Still, after all these years. What are you talking about? What's wrong with you? Many, many things. What do you mean? Nothing. You've never been the same since you got in the mind of that Wraith Queen. What? Yeah, they made a conscious decision to show Taylor sleeping, so there was no doubt that she was dreaming. Father! Ooh, Dot. Oh, oh, hello. 180. <laughs> Spider John. Hmm. You're not going to kiss me with that mouth. Oh, you're not. Hey. She wears more in bed than she does outside. <laughs> she does. <laughs> it's, it's a horribly sexist observation, but <laughs> she wears more in bed than she does out of it. Now, this is a nice set. Yeah, it's a shame it's an obvious mouth shot. Ah, uh, well, you've... They'd probably have to spend a serious amount of money to make it look really realistic. What? Taylor had a dream about you last night. Rodney. Really? What was it about? Actually, it was more of a nightmare, and I'd rather not talk about it. Was I the dashing hero saving you from a big bad monster? Actually, you were the big bad monster. Really? Well, that's a mistake. Yeah. You don't tell people you're not talking about it. <laughs> John, I like that. <laughs> I really get to be the big bad. I did not sleep well last night. Ooh. I'm sorry, I have a headache. That's not a hint of something else. You're still going to get the blame. You don't know that. I can't control what's in her dreams. Really? You think you can't control a person's dreams? My father read me Moby Dick when I was seven years old. I mean, seriously, what was a man thinking? you have any idea how long I had nightmares about, about being eaten by a whale? They haven't stopped, have they? No. <laughs> Rodney, Jonah, McKay. <laughs> they haven't stopped. It does explain a lot about Rodney. Indeed. I hear darts. I pull open the tent and he comes inside. I know it's not really Colonel Shepard, but I can't help but feel different towards him. Uh, Dr. Hartmeyer, maybe it's a spoiler, but this is her last appearance on the show. Played by Claire Rankin, Canadian actress. Recently been in Hemlock Grove and Saving Hope. You know, I watched one episode of Hemlock Grove and I was like, meh. I watched the first season. I haven't had generated the enthusiasm to watch the second season yet. Generate the enthusiasm to watch Sense 8 yet? I've got a lot to watch. I know that most of the American season has finished, but also new stuff. Dot Matter, Defiance. I was going to ask you that. I thought I saw episodes and I'm thinking, is this stuff I've seen? Because sometimes they re upload old, old stuff. Yeah, it's like of sleep. Well, physically there's nothing wrong with you, other than the symptoms you've described, which can all be attributed to lack of sleep. They don't really store much medicine in this infirmary. Yeah. Or else that's just the common medicine. You definitely need to come back. 
You have no idea how good the thought of a solid night's sleep makes me feel at this point. Oh, I think I do. I'm not sure I've had one since I got here. Thank you. Don't mention it. <laughs> have a good night. You too. Oh, night time again. Ah, hmm. uh, of course, Taylor touched Dr. Keller. So whatever is being transmitted is now in her system. Please report immediately to the infirmary. So it's less called Lazarus and more that episode of TNG. Yeah. She sleeps. It must be cold in that city at night. Yeah. If this is what a doctor has nightmares over. What's wrong? It's Taylor. She's in severe abdominal distress. Says you gave her some medication. I prescribed some Ambien to help her sleep. Taylor? <gasps> Prescribing the wrong medication or... <laughs> I'll be fair, this is a great little sequence. Oh, you are kidding me. What sci-fi writer wouldn't want to do this? Okay, just try to relax here. Let me have a look. <laughs> Perform it. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Stop grinning, Joe. Do something. Uh... If you look in the DVD extras, they actually show you how they, how they shot it. Oh, blue! <laughs> Blood everywhere! Hello! Can you believe this? <laughs> Ooh. Oh dear. Yeah, I think you need a shower now, love, because you're going to be sticky. All that flannel you're wearing as well. Yeah, as a little alien homage, or even rip-off if you want to say that. That looked pretty good. And here we are, the medicine cabinet. She opens it before she unlocks it. Oh. I don't think that lock actually does anything. Sorry, Doc. Didn't mean to scare you. We were sparring, I got in a lucky shot. It's the middle of the night. Maybe for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. And at this you think, is this another dream? But no, this is the boys sparring in the middle of the night. Why? Because the John and Ronan. Yeah, I guess so. No, you don't need to stick around. I'm fine. You sure? Yeah. I want to rematch tomorrow, though. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get some sleep, John. You'll need it. Something wrong? No, nothing. Yeah, I don't want my doctor to be uh, gazing into nowhere. Concentrate. Oh, oh no. Oh, that's that's quite all right. You know, this would be easier if you lay down. That reminds me of guitar teacher how we occasionally played chess. On one occasion, I got lucky and beat him, and he was immediately, I want the rematch. <laughs> I'm like, no, I have to go now. Yeah, you know, I've won. I'm leaving. Yeah. Bye. I like that bit, Keller. This would be easier if you lie down. <laughs> I thought it would. Of course, she's touched Ronan now, so is this a dream sequence? Because he's bandaged up, you know, or a plaster anyway, but something's wrong. The city is empty. And you, you've got to wonder, the camera work for this yacht mm. took a long time to figure out. Hello? Well, they're on a crane. Yeah, but still. Oh, that's not mad together, is it? That's one continuous shot. Yeah. Is anyone here? Why is he panicking? Because the city's empty. And he's in his, night his nightmare. His nightmare is to be alone, which is unusual considering he spent seven years as a runner. Anyone? 
nice effect that is. Yeah. Especially adding in the steam off his breath. And suddenly, yeah, that mat together well. And this is definitely a Vancouver. <laughs> no way for books now. Pretty sure you still can't duck energy weapons. <laughs> Whoa, Ow. Got him. Hey, buddy. What are you running from? I don't know. John, that was a nice little sound effect. Mm. Was there somebody there holding that big branch? The Ewok effect. He's <laughs> breathing. <laughs> oh. Did you really have to gag him as well? <laughs> uh, credit to uh, Jason for actually allowing himself to be shot like this. I did. Some people would be having nightmares. I'm really sorry. Did I did I hurt you? Yes. Be gentle, Doctor. Did I hurt you? I seriously doubt you could hurt me if you tried unless you actually have a scalpel in your hand. <laughs> oh, she's left the needle in anyway. <laughs> was that the strangest dream? But it wasn't a dream. And you, and you, and you, and you were there. I mean, that's not going to hurt him. He spent the uh, first two episodes of the season with a great big piece of glass in his chest. Mm. Come on, we need a, a fish hook or something going through his temple. There you are with this disgusting alien bug crawling out of your stomach and... Colonel Shepard was acting like it was the coolest thing he'd ever seen. That sounds like that movie. Yeah, Alien, have you seen it? Colonel Shepard speaks of it often. I still remember the first time I saw it. Certainly did not think it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be even less subtle. Let's flagrantly reference the thing. So they should. Everybody, who is sponsoring this episode? <laughs> They're French and they make water. Or at least they bottle water. And I like the fact that they've got two, so from both camera angles, <laughs> the label is facing you. Had a uh, horror revival festival. Uh, I thought great, you know, date movie. So uh, Jocelyn Rutger, uh, third period science, uh, bit of a geek, but uh, she had a great um, yeah. IQ. <laughs> um, you know, uh, she had a great IQ. Your planet has some truly strange rituals. Yeah, anyway, I eat when I get nervous. Really, I had noticed. Mm. So very tense, working like a charm. Jocelyn's all freaked out beside me. I'm packing away the goobers and the popcorn. Yes, you do. <laughs> Bursts out of John Hurt. You didn't. Mm. Puked all over. Ooh. I've got to see this movie. <laughs> Don't you think it's strange that each of us has had incredibly vivid nightmares with Colonel Shepard being somehow an integral part? Acting most unlike Colonel Shepard. Not me. Have they done a bit of work on Keller's eyes, giving her a bit more of a red tinge? I dreamt that um, uh, Colonel Carter invited me to her quarters for dinner. Maybe you shouldn't be telling us this, Rodney. Yeah, I said nightmare, not delusional male fantasy. Wait! How <laughs> was that a nightmare? Depends what she did to him. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Rodney. Then I was eaten by a whale. And that's how that happened. Okay, do you guys really think I'm crazy? I realize they're they're just dreams, but... Listening to these people, Jennifer, you're not crazy. Yes, me man, me not afraid of nightmare. <laughs> he probably won't admit how terrified he was within the dream. A few bad dreams, right? Nothing to worry about. Let's go about our business. But I'm not going to be sleeping tonight. I imagine this was pretty difficult for Amanda. You know, this is the first time she's worked full-time on Atlantis, but it's actually the fourth episode, so the character settled in. But she's not. I'm sure Amanda, from what I've seen of her, is a consummate professional. It's only natural, given what we face on a daily basis, but this was different. It really rattled me. 
coupled with the sequential pattern, first Taylor, then me, then Ronan, all with Colonel Shepard being a significant negative presence in our dreams. Yeah, that's a big clue, that is. Oh, dear. No, I don't know. Thing is, it started right after Colonel Shepard touched that crystal on M3X387. I thought you cleared him medically. Yeah, yeah I did. Excuse me, there's an emergency situation at crew quarters atrium. A security was called for and has been dispatched. Thank you. Yep, that was Yi Ji So, Hong Kong-born actor. Only two appearances in the show. Down the gun, Major. Let's talk this out. Someone get an ARG. Now. Shoot him with it. Major, talk to me. Tell me what's going on. Just do it. Okay, what's the harm? I mean, if he's human, it won't hurt him, right? Don't they have that? No, they don't. Colonel Shepard is a replicator. We've said before, haven't we? Why didn't they take a shipment of Zat? A stun weapon. And this was a nice idea. This is a scene where Major Lorne isn't in a dream. This is reality. No, 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 it's not me. Major, how about you lower your weapon? He's a replicator. Kind of affected him slightly differently. Well, you don't believe me? Okay, I'll shoot him, you'll see. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> a bit drastic. Well, you can shoot him in the leg. You've called for an ARG. Well, that's reasonable, isn't it? As I said, it's not going to hurt you if you're human, and it would totally defuse the situation. You're one of them, too. Whoa. Well, don't just stand there. Shoot them. Shoot both of them. Shoot everybody. Thank you, Ronan. Ronan's gone as a stun setting. Yeah. You don't use it very often. Oh. That's it, Taylor. Shoot him. Come on. Go on. Go on. I take it I don't have to shoot either of you with this? Look at that soldier. That's my gun. I mean about my gun. <laughs> I'm an extra. I got to hold the gun, and now I don't. And you don't remember anything? No. Honestly, I haven't had a sleepwalking incident since I was, like, ten. Yeah, quite. That is pretty complicated. 9mm weapon, recognise somebody, hold them at gunpoint. So, you think this has something to do with the crystal I touched? That's when it seemed to start. Major Lawrence's not the only one. <laughs> it's you, John. Oopsie. <laughs> yes. That's true. Well, I can't control that. No, but maybe something is. Again, as I said in the commentary, Rob C. Cooper and Mark Savella did the commentary for this episode. He said it, it was pointless not to recognise the fact that some of these circumstances have happened to SG-1. Make it part of the continuity rather than blind rip-off and ignore it. Try to, you know, dodge the fact that it's a similar story. Let a character use her knowledge to aid in discovering what's happening here. Maybe it's feeding on our fear. <laughs> You're the carrier, John. Yep. The question is, will you go from carrier to carry on? <laughs> as in dead flesh, not as in... Bad series of British comedies. I was next, and then Ronan, after I treated him. Well, I'm the one who touched the crystal, and I've never had a bad dream. Maybe that's why you're appearing in everyone's dreams. Whatever's doing this imprinted your image onto itself. Now that I think about it, it's possible whatever this is, its spread may be limited by touch. Okay, anyone who's had contact with Major Lauren since the incident needs to be isolated. If this is some sort of alien influence, we have to find a way to detect it. Not the table. We're in trouble. The table's out. Mm. Now, somebody's going to get impaled on that thing at some point. All off-world teams have been contacted and instructed not to return for the time being. Gate travel will be restricted to an as-needed basis, and until further notice, all non-essential expedition members will be restricted to quarters. Come on, is this really necessary? Just a few bad dreams, right? The fact is, we don't really know what we're dealing with. Yeah, what a shame. <laughs> Even a replicator getting thrown on it would have worked. Anybody? Well, have we got another two seasons? Yes. 
Rodney looks a bit dishevelled. How does one look dishevelled? <laughs> Is behaving much like a sociopath. Did I have a goatee? Did I have a goatee? <laughs> Taylor, just no. <laughs> what do you mean, John? <laughs> I mean, we know Tilkey's a fan of Star Wars. I wonder if any of them have actually watched Star Trek. <laughs> it will likely progress. Try to drive up the stakes, seek bigger thrills. Even if it's limited to manipulating the host's subconscious, it may be able to put someone in serious jeopardy. So what are we talking? Freddy Krueger here? Oh, come on. We don't oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done, Rodney. You've talked yourself into this, haven't you, Ron? <laughs> Rodney. Sorry. Well, the two are easily confused. Yes, they're so alike. <laughs> He's not really used to being with Sam's as commander, is he? Not really. And and you know when she means business because it's McKay. Mm-hmm. Occasionally when she's feeling nicely nice to him, it's Rodney. And she saves Meredith for those uh, really good moments when she wants to really put the knife in. Of course, here we see that the uh, Stargate Advantage production team are making full use of the SG-1 contamination-proof suits, which are not airtight. You are a science team, remember? Okay. Fine, but it's a big planet, you know, we could really use some more manpower. Well, they say misery loves company. Like a muttering in check. And the fans in the suits, which unfortunately make that much noise, all the uh, voices have to be ADR'd. <laughs> Although they said they made a gallant effort to mic everybody up so they could actually talk in real time. Over here. Where? Over there. Ha <laughs> ha, there you go. Better get started. No, 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 let's get started. Better get started, yeah, sure. Rodney! Don't look at the crystal. Don't look at it. And whatever you do, don't touch it. I wasn't even thinking about it. Radek, we got a live one here. Uh, it could be useful to compare the two. That's just what I was thinking. But be careful. It could be dangerous to try to harvest one with an active entity in it. Mm, once again, you've read my mind. However, when you're finished there, I say you give it a shot. This is how the Asgard were with the replicators to begin with. Uh-huh. Yeah. There was probably a very clever Asgard that said, Is this safe? And his boss says, yes, perfectly. Also, at this point, we're getting nods to that Voyager episode where they sampled the nebula with coffee in it. Remember the whole Grendel thing? And having an active crystal uh, allows us to uh, calibrate these uh, handheld sensors. You know, I think McKay really enjoyed squeezing past Jennifer just then. Determine if someone is actually carrying one of these creatures around inside of them. Uh, as long as it doesn't know what we're up to. Otherwise, you think it would just uh, transfer out of somebody before we... Ooh, she's hypnotized. aware at all times. Yes. It's your fault, Zelenka. You think it would have basic avoidance skills? Yeah. We're going to have to modify our scanners to operate at a range large enough to... Uh-oh. We could calibrate the citywide life science detector, oh. too. Yes, Mr. Wizard, we're just going to snap our fingers now. What are you doing? I don't know. It's, it's mesmerizing. You said it was safe. We said we think, still. I don't know what I was doing. I, I can't believe it. I was suddenly overcome by the compulsion to want to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> that's normally a good thing, but not in this case. Rodney's being far too smug, considering he just nearly caused the loss of the Doctor by not paying attention. Zelenka as well. So you're staring at it again, because... Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put a, put a filter around it or something, would you please? It's not in him. You said the entity needed conducted material to travel, right? Well, based on the, uh, the power conduits. They run pretty much through the entire city. Could be an yep. Yeah, you always discover these things too late. Kate, what are you doing? I don't want to die. Oh, dear me. Come down from there. Again, another fantastic sequence. Oh. I can't. Well, enough, I hit my heart. Why not? 
Um, not so much. Help me, please! Sean, stop it! Stop it! I have to help her! What are you doing? Sean, get out of the way! Taylor! Oh, no, he's not having any of this. <laughs> Wee, there she goes. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. 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 <laughs> oh, and here she is. Died in her sleep. Surprisingly enough, Dr. Hartmeyer doesn't wear flannel to bed like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's dead, Jim. Jim. Come on. Come on, Jim. Come on, please. Just once. <laughs> that doesn't look like a Jim. I mean, she looks like she goes to the gym a lot. How many people have died since Sam took over? <laughs> I don't know. I've not watched the first three episodes. You didn't win help me. I suppose technically you can't be blamed for the deaths during the season opener. Yeah. I mean, she didn't officially take over uh, until last week's episode. This is Colonel Carter. If I could have your attention, please. I'm very sorry to have to tell you that we have lost a valuable member of the expedition today. Dr. Kate Heitmeyer meant a great deal to all of us. Her death is nothing short of tragic. I'm also sorry to have to report that the threat we face is still in our midst, and until further notice, the full lockdown protocol will remain in effect. Try to remain calm. We are doing everything we can to ensure everyone's safety and to resolve this situation quickly. So, if they've amended the handheld scanners, can't they just integrate it into the citywide ones? Give them time to think about that and actually do it. Like they haven't had to do it before? Well, perhaps they do it before, then they have to take it apart because it's not totally compatible. Or maybe it got damaged when the city got hit by the Azor and energy weapon. Who knows? Mm. You can justify pretty much anything. I'm sure they were at least a little reassured hearing your voice. I'm sure Rodney was. You don't need me to tell you that. <laughs> do you like this? It doesn't hurt. I wonder were they hinting at the possibility of a kiss there? No. Am I, am I just engaging <laughs> in Rodney-level fantasy? Probably, yeah. Wouldn't have heard. John having a bit of alone time. And don't go there. I thought there was a lockdown in effect. I was just about to come see you, but I wasn't sure if you wanted to see me. Huh, okay. Why, well, hey. <laughs> go on, you good thing. This is a comforting emotional moment between friends. He doesn't look comfortable. He didn't. Well, there always comes a point and you think, this is probably going on a little too long. I'm <laughs> starting to enjoy this. puzzled. Well, it is a bit difficult. I mean, he, he has been the focal point for everybody's nightmares and his apparition did eventually lead to a death. The nature of the hug and the difference in their height, he was starting to enjoy it, you'd notice. There we go. Wee. Happy now. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> we have a positive reading. Do we know who that is? Rodney, it's you. I'm sorry, Rodney. I have to go. You, it's you. Oh, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> and I like this. The walls aren't completely rubber. I mean, there's a glass thing above them. Uh, well, he probably can't jump that high, so. <laughs> oh, poor Rodney. Look at him. He's a little puppy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now you kill him. <laughs> Only way to be sure. The isolation room has been lined with insulating material to prevent the entity from transferring out of him and into someone else. If we're right, we've got it trapped. Yeah, that doesn't help McKay much, does it? If this thing kills people in their sleep. No. We've got to find a way to get it out of him. Don't want to get me some 
coffee. I'm already feeling a little tired here. See, now this has been good. Killing Hartmeyer, a reasonably well-liked character, but an expendable character. Everybody admits that. She had enough value, so it was a bit shocking. Killing a major character, killing Rodney now. This would be groundbreaking for Atlantis anyway. They killed Tashi Air. Yeah, in the first season, and she was nothing anyway. She's done some work on Elizabeth. Is that is that no? That's not Elizabeth's old office. Is, is that Sam's quarters with a palm tree in it? There's a way to. I don't know. Reason with it. I never realised there was a door there. To be honest, <laughs> I can never remember seeing that door there when it was Elizabeth's office. Well, maybe there wasn't one, and they ended one. She had, she had a door put in. If I see somebody coming I don't like, I just nip out the side door. What were you planning on saying? I don't know. I hadn't gone that far. It strikes me that if it feeds on fear, or worse, likes the thrill of killing its host, then... I think it's going to be awkward. Well, it would take the last chance it had. To kill McKay. Exactly. It's just going to push the knife in. If it's going, it's going to take Rodney with it. It's trapped. Will it die without a living host to transfer to? I was hoping not to find out. Yeah, let's discuss this while McCabe's eyes are starting to close. <laughs> yeah, let's negotiate with it. Send it through the gate back to its planet. I've heard of people being talked through waking dreams before. We've done that before. By you. Dr. Heitmeyer's gone. <laughs> Rodney would probably say, I cannot be hypnotised. Five seconds before, he's hypnotised. Mm. It was after he was genetically altered. I'm sorry, What? Is Ronan deliberately trying to make himself shorter by having his legs spread out that wide? Possibly. Yeah. Jason, can you duck down a bit? Your head's out of shot. Jason, can you stop humping the chair? Yeah, either that or he's uh, rather excited to be in the scene. <laughs> Into McKay's dreams. Yeah, you know, help him out, give him a little moral support. Come on. All the things you've seen, you've never come across a way for one person to get into another person's dreams. Well. Oh, she's off. Where's she going? What's going on? I don't know, but I think... Roman's just thoroughly puzzled. Yeah, Elizabeth never did this, you see. Yeah. She just stayed in her office and sent people on little errands. Carter goes and does it herself. What was? Oh, poor Roman. Oh, what was that movie where people could enter other people's dreams? Inception. No, previous, 80s. Christopher Walken. No, not Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken was the one with the uh, tape. Brainstorm. No, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, yes, Christopher Walken was Brainstorm. No, Brainstorm wasn't the one I was thinking. Oh, okay, let's just say, look, they got it from the gamekeeper. Right. That was an episode of SG1. and be done with it. Dreams are much more random than conscious thought. It may be difficult for the system to translate what's going on in McKay's brain so that Colonel Shepard can understand it. I'm just hoping that the two of them will be able to interact somehow. <laughs> If he flinches, stuff the lemon in his mouth. Oh, we could just get the obvious nods to Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, they've already done the Freddy Krueger comment, so... I have the box set somewhere. I don't think I've even watched the first film all the way through. Really? <laughs> Zelink is probably loving this. Thanks. I haven't done anything yet. For trying. And don't say I didn't warn you. Administering sedative. <laughs> Knock him out. Pass me that baseball bat. Well, this certainly looks more like they're firing up a computer game rather than a medical procedure. Nothing's happening here. He's not dreaming yet. Oh, dear me. Oh, <laughs> call me Ishmael. Pretty close. 
this was it in the writers' room. One of the writers says, "What if it was raining?" And here we are. Yeah, I'm sure David loved that. Uh, they had rain towers to uh, provide the rain, but they also had to CGI a lot of it simply because it wasn't didn't look effective or strong enough. Can I swear? I swear you're my friend. You don't want to eat me. Get up. You'll never make it. <laughs> Too weak. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the encouragement. Way to help out. Why would I want to help you? Look at him just sitting there grinning. Evil John. Don't listen to him. Uh, no time me darkness. You're pathetic. Might as well jump in. Bad ash, good ash. I know the gun. <laughs> Still one of my favourites. Oh, I have to get back. I have to get back. That's my only chance. You're gonna die out here. Shut up! Don't listen to him, Rodney. It's easy for you to say what are you helping grow? Of course, this is as Rodney says, his dreams tend to be getting it by a whale. So <laughs> it is in the middle of the ocean. Is it as strange as you led me to believe? Oh yeah? What about that? Oh! <laughs> oh dear me. Faster lads, faster. You can paddle all you want. Not going anywhere. He's right, I'm gonna die out here! No, you're not. I want you to be afraid. Don't give him what he wants. He can't really hurt you. That's where you're wrong. Oh, here it comes. Oh. Lunch. As I said, they didn't want a realistic whale. They were quite happy with one that looked fake because it's a dream. Probably saved themselves a ton of money as well. Okay, it's dead. If he's in cardiac arrest, why are you shocking him? I'm sorry. I've done all I can. He's dead. This annoys you, doesn't it? It really does. Yes, it does. He's dead. Worse than that, he's dead. Uh, the question again, though, is this real? Rodney can't be dead. That's what I'm thinking, is that this is John controlling the dream to convince the entity that Rodney is dead. So it'll bugger off. <laughs> His friend's dead. Is it just me, or do those walls look like or autopsy room doors? Here we go. This is all your fault, John. If you hadn't touched that stupid rock, my kid'd still be alive right now. It kind of gives the game away. This yeah. does. He only reacts a certain way. I tried. Some friend you are, Colonel. You've been compromised. I'm relieving you of duty. So a, a friend's death, loss of command. Son of a bitch. Whoa! Straight through. Hmm. Oh, he's here. He's back. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Just try to relax. What's going on? You were in cardiac arrest. No, he wasn't. The entity. It's in Colonel Shepard. <laughs> he seems surprised he was alive. Right, unhook me now before it comes back. Oh, nice. Hmm. I do like the practical shimmer effect they used on SU-1 and now Atlantis. Yes, you are. I'm the one thing you are afraid of. You failed your friends. You brought this on them and there is nothing you can do to stop it. Surprisingly, how many simple things actually work. Ooh, nice. I mean, you're not going to get a perfect standing stuntman for this, but it's workable. It's like that fight in Star Trek 6. 
Except John's a lot younger. They did most of... Ooh, that was a good punch. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they would have normally shot something like this with a lot of green screen work, but they pretty much went straight for a... Put you on his game. Oh! Holy But that seemed to be a rubber, it seemed yielding when he hit. It dinted a bit. Yeah. But remember, this is a dream world, so materials are going to act differently. See. Uh, that was a, a flying rig. They had a, a full setup. They borrowed it from a movie. They didn't actually say which movie. Mm. But most of the actual special effects work for this was done in post-processing. So rotoscoping it allowed them to shoot this fight sequence very fast without mucking about with locking the camera off or anything. A lot of green screen work saves money, just as effective as well. Yes, and the entity would still be in him. Not good. Hope you're tall again. <laughs> Drywall yeah. on Atlantis. Shape of that pillar implies concrete. Now we've got stunt coming up where John flies off the balcony, and that was Joe Flanagan who did it. Really? Unfortunately, it happens that quick. You can't even tell it's Joe in the harness. There it is. Not making the hit, I take it. It was a pity, you know, they showed all the behind-the-scenes work on the DVD, and then when it happens on screen, it's that fast. You don't even know it is, Joe. probably took about like half a day to settle. It probably did, yeah. It's your fault Heinmeier's dead. Your fault McKay's dead. I'm not dead. He's back. He came back to save him. Rodney the hero. He's not afraid of John. We haven't had that episode yet, have we? Rodney's afraid of a hell of a lot of things. He's not afraid of John. Yes, we can. Your varbled electric shock, that's why I'm still alive. You left before you could finish the job! Quick, zap me again. Somebody do something. What the hell was that? Hmm. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> I'm not sure this is very realistic, but we'll, we'll let it pass. As always, great music from Joel Goldsmith. Really adds to the atmosphere. Which one are you? Me. Good you or bad you? Me, me. Is that you, you? Think so? Yeah, good question, Rodney. It's me. Uh, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> okay, this is really weird. You're telling me. How can you ever be sure? I thought there'd be more hot girls. Yeah. Would you like orange? <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> Where are the girls? Again, put a black cloth over it, please. Just to be on the safe side. But it's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Friends again. Unlike many a soap opera, it was all a dream. Quite literally, a dream. Right, Ron, in the absence of anything else to do, has decided to try a series to pull up. <laughs> and they return the entities to their homeworld. 
but not do a tree. Well, maybe they can move. And I like this. As Robert C. Cooper said in the commentary, it was totally unnecessary. Didn't need to happen, but it looks good. How about we get out of here? Sounds like a plan. Hmm. So it's obvious these creatures don't totally sustain themselves on fright or negative energy. Perhaps this was the first kind of uh, human mind that they ever ever encountered. Oh, perhaps that one's a criminal. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Thought I'd uh, have a little snack before I... Uh... Yeah, we couldn't sleep either. <laughs> a little snack? Good God, Rodney. Yeah, I'm going to well, But none of them sleep. This would be the first good night's sleep they've had in a long time. When you've been that on age for that long? You only do how long insomnia persists. Trust me, it's not fun. What do you think? Rodney's got enough food for him. Pour all on them. What do you What do you think? Are you going into the habit of walking about seven kilometres a day? <laughs> Nothing helps set you up for dozing off like a quick seven k walk over ninety minutes. Right, that was doppelganger. <laughs> a lot of the pot elements have been seen before, but done in the Stargate Atlanta style mm. worked pretty well. A decent episode, indeed. Also, anybody got the DVD extras or Blu-ray extras? There's a little interview with Bobby C who is Robert C. Cooper's evil twin. In fact, his caption on the DVD is Evil Director. <laughs> and funnily enough, this episode was the reason the Region 2 box set got a 15 rating. That's the BBFC for you. Who will protect the children? Oh, don't start with me. <laughs> right, a little bit of trivia. Robert C. Cooper, writer and director of the episode. He wrote 37 episodes of SG-1, 5 of Atlantis and 6 of Universe. He also directed two episodes of SG-1, three of Atlantis and three of Universe, as well as Arc of Truth. Reasonably rare for someone to write and direct an episode. I know Peter DeLuise was uh, probably one of the most prolific during the early years. It's interesting that Rob C. Cooper did this one. Normally you think he does kind of maybe the season premiere or season finale, reserves them for himself. Oh, I might watch Lifeline. Uh, might be useful. No, it's more that Amanda's on the commentary. Ah, yeah, with Martin Wood. Yes, I see that, but uh, I just saw Amanda Tapping on very much. Ding! <laughs> okay. Amanda Tapping with some other person. One of my favourite commentaries, actually, that I listened to, I think it was the Body Swap episode of Farscape, Claudia Black and Ben Browder on a commentary together. Yeah. They really spark off each other. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch Farscape again so I ever get time. Technically, I kind of do and don't have time. I was thinking, if I can plan that I do four hours of thesis work a day, then I can play games on the PS3 in Ingress guilt-free because I figure that's probably enough. Nice plan. Yeah. If I work for about, what, nine hours a day? <laughs> hey, that's going to be a huge shock to my system. What, going back to work? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Many congratulations to James Bamford affectionately known as Bam Bam, for securing his first directing job in the upcoming fourth season of Arrow. James worked a little on Stargate SG-1, before becoming the stunt coordinator for Stargate Atlantis, and then pushing the boundaries of TV stunt work even further at the helm of Arrow stunt department. Many thanks to Ian Arstead for posting a five-star iTunes review for the Gatecast. Very much appreciated, Ian. We don't get many these days, and he does give us some validation when people take the time to leave a review, send in some comments, or just interact via Twitter and other social media. 
There is also some interesting news from MGM and Sinclair Television Group. Two companies have joined forces to create and in time launch a science fiction themed TV channel. Initially will be in the US and available to around 30% of the market. Of course the Stargate catalogue will be a prime offering of the channel along with all the movies and TV shows MGM have been a part of as producers or creators during the many decades they have been in business. We have a few Stargate related birthdays for the upcoming week beginning on July the 5th with Jana Patton the wife of Christopher Judge. Model and actress, she made her only appearance on Stargate SG-1 as a nurse in the episode The Changeling. Also on the 5th, Blue Mancuma has his birthday. He played Sheriff Knox in the SG-1 episode Nightwalkers, and back in the day also guest starred on three episodes of MacGyver. On the 6th of July, Martin Garrow will be celebrating his birth. Writer and producer on Stargate SG-1, Atlantis and Universe, and creator of the LA Complex. He also wrote the third episode of Dark Matter. Camille Sullivan has her birthday on the 7th. She appeared on the Stargate Universe episode Visitation playing Val and has also guest starred on Shattered and Rookie Blue. Robert Nepper will be celebrating his birthday on July the 8th. He played Simeon on six episodes of Stargate Universe but is perhaps best known for his time on Prison Break and his latest series Texas Rising. As always we would love to hear your thoughts on any Stargate episode and of course our own show. So don't be shy. Join our followers over on Facebook or Google Plus and leave us a message, or follow and tweet us via at the Gatecast, which is one word. You can also get in touch with us via the contact form on our website, which is gatecast.co.uk, or via email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are also carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, and you'll find all the links on our website, which includes our independent RSS feed, which carries every episode we've released so far. You can manually add that to a podcatcher. Okay then, let's wrap the show up. Right then, folks, that was Doppelganger. Next week, Travellers. Jill Wagner guest stars in that episode. Ooh, I like Jill Wagner. You do? Yes. She was in Blade, the series, and Teen Wolf. Oh, Jill, I thought you said Joe. Who's Joe? That's what I was wondering. (laughs) Jill, did she play the aunt? The aunt. Born on-screen character sister. Oh, the aunt. Yes. Yeah, Jill born sister. Yeah. See, I remember the surname. <laughs> I thought, it's not Rob C, but it's an initial, so I'll just say the surname and Michael know what I mean. Right. On the next Stargate Atlantis. I was prepared to let you go in exchange for your help. Shepard is kidnapped by a nomad captain. Sorry, I've never been able to trust anyone who kidnaps me and tortures me and threatens to blow me into space. But when the Wraith attack... When I get out of this alive, you're going to need my help. They find common ground to avoid death. Are you suggesting an alliance? On the next Stargate Atlantis. Okay then, folks, that was Doppelganger. As we said, next week, travellers. Hope you can join us for that. But until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.